All right, guys, we are continuing our teaching in Genesis. Now, for a quick recap, we know that in verse number one, we had the perfect creation. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That was a perfectly ordered universe. Verse number two tells us that that universe was destroyed by God, not in the sense that it ceased to exist in totality, but it was taken from perfect ordered universe to a perfectly disordered universe. Tohu and Bohu, formless and void. And we know that this was because of Satan's rebellion and God had judged Satan's rebellion and therefore he judged all that was under Satan's authority, which was the earth, the perfect earth at that time. Okay, so now we get into Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 and we are in the first day of the Adamite creation. Now notice what I said, verse 3 begins the very first day of creation, but it's creation for the second time. And as we know, we're going to see this at verse number 26, that all of these things are primarily done for Adam or mankind. Okay. But let's just get into it. And we'll just, when we we'll get to verse number 26, hopefully we'll get into it today. But if not, we just get it another time. Anyway, verse number three, then God said, let there be light and there was light. Now, the first thing we want to see is this. Now, the light that we see in verse number three is not the light of the stars or the moon. That doesn't happen until the fourth day. And actually, this is day one, even though we hadn't read the verse yet, guys. So I'm a little quick on the draw on that. But the point is, light of the stars, of the sun and the moon and things of that nature, does not happen until the fourth day. So therefore, this light is a special light. It is a unique light and a light seemingly only seen on this particular day and no more. Now, what we believe that this light was, was literally the Shekinah glory of God, the glory of God himself that gave light to the universe. Okay, I tell you what, let me back up again so that you can remember what's going on. Remember that the whole world is in a state of chaos under judgment of God, enveloped in absolute darkness and water is covering the entire planet. So you have to remember that the whole earth is submerged in great water and darkness is everywhere, and, 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 and it's just in a state of unbelievable chaos. So that's what you have to see, all right? So in the midst of all of that, the Spirit of the Lord is beginning to move. That's what we see at the end of verse number two. God's Spirit beginning to move over the hovering, like a bird, that, that's the way it's giving that, scenario as if a mother bird hovering to protect or hovering over her hands, but the spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters over all of the earth. Okay. So now with that introduction, so then all of a sudden we hear in this creation, 
this creation, I, and I like to call this the Adamite creation, meaning with reference to as God is preparing the world for Adam. God's spoken word, and he says, let there be light. So there's two things. So the first thing that we see is the light. This is not the light of the sun or the moon and the stars, but this is the Shekinah glory, the light of God himself. All right. And then the next thing that we want to see, and probably I said, I should have dealt with that. The first thing, and God said, that means we've now begin to deal with some of the first spoken words of God. And as a matter of fact, and I don't want to get into it, but I think it is a real good thing to hint to that anyway. Notice, and God said. And so what does the scriptures teach? We know that by the word of the Lord, the heavens were created. And so here we have that first spoken word of God. But also at the same time, what I want you guys to see, that's what I was going at, is now we see what John was trying to tell us in John 1 and 1. What did John 1 and 1 say? In the beginning was the what? The word, that spoken word of God. And then what is it? And the word was with God and the word was God himself. The word was God himself. Verse 14, the word became flesh. So what am I trying to say? Now, notice we see, and I don't want, I'm not trying to push it, but as we already have the complete volume of scripture that what God wants to give us, we can put it all together. Notice what we have. We have God the Father being shown here as the architecture of all creation. Then we have the Holy Spirit in his involvement as he prepares the world. And then we have the logos, the word, the spoken word, or we know simply say Jesus. What does the scripture say? That it is by Jesus, the word, the world, all of the worlds were created. Everything was created. So even as we say, when God said, now we see the introduction of the son. Now I was pushing that. And the reason why I said I was pushing it is because that particular revelation that I just gave you could not be seen until John 1 and 1. It could not be seen until the revelation of the New Testament. But so the point is, for our Hebrew readers in the time in which they gave it before Jesus, that's what I'm trying to say, before Jesus, they would not have seen that even though it would have been moving in that direction. But that's enough of that. So he says, then God said, let there be light. There was light. So there's the Shekinah glory of God that begins to illumine this darkened, chaotic universe. Verse four, God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. Okay, so let me hit a pause there. And so now we see that separation that we see God is going to do on each of the days. And this is the first day of creation. And so the first day of creation, what is God doing? God brings that light into the world. 
and God calls that function of light day. He calls that function of without light <laughs> or night, night. So he, so that the reason why when I, let me just, I'll slow it down. I'll get to it. So what does he do on the first day? He separates the day from the night. That's number one. Verse number four says that notice God saw that it was good and God separated light from the darkness. Verse number five said God called the light day. Now, here's the thing that I also want you to see too. In Hebrew, we see that whenever uh, uh, one has the authority to, to call something or to give something a name, it shows that authority that the one has over it. In other words, it shows the authority as God over all creation. So he has the right to call a thing or even to name a thing. Later on, we're going to see that being given to Adam. When God makes all of the at, at, <laughs> all of the animals, and what does he do? He brings those animals to Adam and he allows Adam to name the Adam, animals. And what is Adam doing? <laughs> or should I say, what is God doing? God is establishing Adam's authority over the animal creation. You got it? And so now here we see God's authority over even light and darkness itself. So we keep seeing this whole principle of being able to name something or to call something. All right. So we're seeing God speaking into existence what? Light. And once he speaks into existence that light, he gives a name to it. He calls one light. He calls the other one day establishing his divine authority over all of these things. All right. Okay. So let's move on. And then he says, I'm at verse number five. And there was evening and there was morning one day. Now notice something too in the Hebrew reckoning of time, a day is counted from evening to evening, or in other words, from the evening to the end of that day. That is considered a day. And then he says, evening and morning, one day. Echad, one day. And he uses the numeric term echad as if he's counting the day. But now he doesn't continually use the same way to reckon the days in the sense of counting it one, two, three. He's going to, here he simply says, one day. The next time he begins to continue, he says, the second day. The third day, four. He doesn't say two days, three days. He said the second day. And there is a difference in the way that the numbering is given. Okay. But that's the whole point that I want to say. He just simply reckons what light and day. And he calls it day one. Verse six. Let's move to the second day. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. Okay, remember in verse number two, the whole world was flooded. It was completely covered with water because of the judgment of God. Now in the second day, 
God is beginning to separate that great body of water that's covering the entire planet, right? And so what does he do? He takes some of the water and puts it on the earth and he takes some of the water and notice when it says, let there be an expanse in the heaven. This is simply the atmospheric heavens that I told you guys about on one of those earlier videos. You have to kind of check it out. Maybe I'll put a reference in and tell you where, where it's at. But the point is when he says, let there be an expanse, that is the atmospheric heavens, you know, stuff with the clouds in the sky. Oh, sometimes we refer to that as the first heavens. Remember, first heavens is the atmospheric heavens from, which, from whence it can rain. Second heaven, starry expanse. That's all that stuff in the universe. The third heavens, the abode of God. So that's basically how we see it, okay? All right, let's go back. Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it be, let it separate the waters from the waters. Waters on the earth and the waters in the clouds of the sky. God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse and it was so. God called the expanse heaven. That is again the atmospheric heaven and then once again there was evening and there was morning a second day. Okay, no, it, now I ain't gonna get into it, but he didn't say the same thing. Day two, he says a second day, and there is a difference in the Hebrew. But the only point we're trying to say is this. So what did God do on the second day? On the second day, all that water that was covering the world in its entirety, he began to separate it. So now you have the waters on the earth and the waters in the sky that remains. And this water, we know later on will be used to water the planet as well as bring divine judgment upon the planet, Noah. But anyway, let's go on, we're not there yet. Verse number nine, now we're gonna to move to the third day. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. All right. So now we have notice. He says, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place. Remember some of the waters in day number two was placed in the atmosphere. Okay. That created this, the, the cloudy sky that we have, the atmosphere that we have above there. Then he says, but what? Some of the, all of the rest of the waters that were on the earth, notice what he said in verse number nine. Let the waters be gathered into one place. Now, what we have to understand is this. When you look at the globe of the planet, you see the seas, there are seas all over the planet in different places and, the, and it's basically the seas themselves are divided by earth. But initially, initially in God's recreation, the renovation, this was not the case. Notice what verse number nine says. The waters were to be gathered into one place. In other words, all of the water, it was just basically one sea, not seven ocean. I think it was seven ocean, something like that, guys. Not, not that many, just one. 
all of the waters were gathered into one place and then all the land was gathered into one place. <laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting to see? And you can kind of see that too. Notice, and I'm not going to get into that, but I can't help because I've looked at it before. I've looked at the globe and uh, 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 how, how our earth is. And there is a kind of jigsawedness uh, 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 to the land where you can kind of see if you can kind of compress all the land together, how it'll connect right back together. So, but, but that's neither here nor there. It just simply says, it just simply goes to show you that indeed there was a time when all the land masses were one time connected. And like verse number nine says, and all of the seas were gathered in one place. But anyway, let's go on. And it was so, verse number 10, God called the dry land earth and the gathering of waters he called seas and God saw that it was good. So now we have the movement of the waters into one space, then the movement of the earth into, well, the separation into another place, that dry land, therefore it makes it possible for the continuing work of God on the third day. And notice we have another work on the third day. Not only gathering of waters, uh, separation of waters from the earth, because usually what we'll see in these days of creation is basically primarily, you like one work, one work, one work, one work. But here we have two predominant works of God. So as the land has been moved to one side, if you let me say it that way, guys, what does he continue to do? Now God brings forth vegetation. Verse number, uh, what is it? Verse number 11. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them, and it was so. Let's go ahead and do 12. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind, and God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning, third day. So the bottom line, so once he got, he separated, the waters from the earth, he causes the vegetation to grow. And that's all the stuff that we see, the vegetation, the fruits, the trees, blah, 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 and the tree, tree, tree. But the only thing that I want to say is this. I want to deal with the issue of after their own kind. Now, the basic idea of this, and, and, and I'm not so good in the biological sciences, guys, i tell you that up front, but the species that God created, in the sense that, uh, how can I put this? How can I put it? The, the term that he's trying to use. And it comes from the idea of after their own kind. It's not so much, okay, and, and this is what you're going to see as well with the animal kingdom too, so I'll tell you that, even if I have to come back to it again. After their own kind. It's not every single solitary is it species or genus of animals or plants or whatever that I'm trying to say? But the whole point is this. He created a particular species, okay? And this particular species, plants, same thing with animals, kind of like became a base uh, species. And that species could 
is subdivide, is that the right term to use? But you could have other kinds coming from that, but it would be a base species. Then that's basically the idea that I'm trying to get over to you and that the text is trying to say a base species of something that God created. Now, you could have many other different classifications coming from that species, but it's that base species that God created. All right, okay, and that's the idea when it speaks of after its own kind, after its own kind, that base species. Okay, so that's what we have on the third day, the separation as well as the creation of vegetation for that dry land. Okay, all right, so now let's move to the fourth day. And it is the fourth day that now we find the lights of the sky, okay? Because remember, earlier on the second day, it was the, sh that wasn't, the light did not come from the sun or the moon. It was from the Shekinah glory of God. But here on the fourth day, now we are going to have the creation of the luminaries, that is, the lights in the sky. So let's talk about it. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Okay, let's talk about this. And I don't want to get too deep into it because, I, to be honest with you guys, I get lost in this a little bit because, let me tell you what I do. Let me tell you what I do. Remember Genesis 1 and 1. What does it say? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The heavens, that is, all of that stuff in the, in the sky, the lights. Then verse number 2 says what? that the earth became formless and void, right? But now here's the thing, here's the thing. And remember, we had all of this discussion, check some of the earlier videos out in the, in the teachings of Genesis chapter one and two, how God judged Satan's kingdom. Now here's the thing that I want you to see. And remember, it says the earth became formless and void. Now I don't wanna get into a lot of speculation that I don't wanna do. But at the same time, I cannot help but consider, and it is true. Yes, it is true. Verse number one, a perfect, perfectly ordered universe. A universe that consisted of the heavenly luminaries as well as the earth itself. That's verse one. What am I trying to say? If the destruction, if the judgment of God upon the, the, the previous universe, I can understand now tohu and bohu. What do I mean? Formless and void. What in the devil did God do? What type of destruction did God bring on the universe that the heavens, the lights of the heavens that once were there. Notice, they were once there. When you look at verse number whoa, 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 14, God has to recreate the heavenly lights again. Do you understand the point that I'm trying to make? What kind of judgment did God bring on the universe 
He destroyed the lights in the sky that he now has to recreate the lights in the sky. Or in other words, how angry was God at Satan because of what he did? How angry was God so that he destroyed See, and the more I think about it, guys, it makes me understand more and more the reason why God chose those two Hebrew terms, tohu and bohu, and, 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 which, is, which is why we translate those terms, formless and void. I understand that concept more and more Every time I look at creation, when God has to redo it again, I see the destructive hand of God. And it also tells me something principally about God. You know, he, later on, notice what the writer would say in the book of Hebrews. Our God is a consuming fire. And notice what the Bible says again. What? The fear of God. The, the what? Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Why fear God if God is not mighty in his destructive power? And that's what we see at the very end of the Bible in the book of Revelation chapter 20. He destroys it all. Every, all of Crete. Well, just in case, I know I'm way, 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 way preliminary, guys. But the bottom line is this. This creation that we know will be completely dissolved and destroyed and God will do it all over again. Should we not fear this God? But anyway, okay, that's enough of that. It's enough preaching. So where am I guys? Okay, I'm at the thing about creation of the lights. All right, so he creates now and here is basically where we have the universe, the sun, the moon and all of the stars. And that's basically what we're having. And these are being simply referred to as the great lights in the sky. But anyway, so let me go back to that verse again. He says, let there be lights in the expanse of heavens. Okay. And this is uh, uh, the second heavens. Okay. Beyond our atmosphere to separate day from the night. Let them be. And the function of these lights will be for signs. Now it's nothing, now, and, and it's not this, okay, the sign, this is not the same as when you open up your newspaper looking at these, whatever this stuff is that folk have on there, talking about if you're Leo and all of this, no, that's not for that, okay? That's idolatrous. But the point is that God would use the luminaries for directions concerning things that he himself would do. Even remember, say for instance, God would take Abraham out and say, look at the sky. You see those, can you number those stars? So shall your seed, your descendants be. You go, so let it be for things to which God himself gives direction for. These stars in the sky for signs, for seasons, seasons, times of the year. And even the word can, Moed can sometimes be used for navigation. Navigation for times, for seasons, days, and years. Now, here's the thing I, I love right here, guys. I love this part. Notice signs, seasons, days, and years. This 
Verse number 14 is the beginning of time as we know it. This is how we know time. Notice, seasons, days, that's how we count our days, and years. This is the beginning of time for us. Okay? All right. And also concerning those luminary bodies, verse number 15, let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens and give light on the earth. And it was so. Now, now here. Okay. Okay. That's good. I'm going to come back to that. Light for the expanse of the heavens to give light on earth. So in other words, the whole point is this. All those stars, the sun, the sun, and all the rest of the stars in the sky is to give light on the earth. That is the purpose. I'm coming back to that. I think it's in verse number 17. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day. That simply is the sun that he's giving reference to and the lesser light to govern the night. And that simply is referencing the moon. Okay. And then I like the end of verse 16. Notice he said, and it said, <laughs> I love it. It makes me want to sing how great thou art. He made the stars also. Notice now, when you look at verse 16, it, the emphasis is on the sun and the moon. The great light for the day, the sun. The lesser light for the earth at night, the moon. But now, we know, guys, how many stars are there? How many, I don't know how many galaxies are there, but we know that space goes on and on and on. And the greatness of space is beyond our imagination. But now here's the point. Something that is so great and beyond even our imagination. Notice how it says that God did it. It says like, well, he made the stars too. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. But anyway. All right. Let's go on a couple more verses. Then we're going to bring it to a close. God placed them. That is the heavenly luminaries, stars and stuff in the sky. He placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning a fourth day. All right, guys, we're going to stop right here. But let me just make final comment. Notice what it says concerning, and, and, and this is amazing. It's a wonderful concept that we get at this particular verse. Concerning, notice now, two things that he basically talks about. We, let's bring in three, but two basic things. Notice, God placed them in the expanse of heaven. What them? That is the sun to give the greater light by day, the moon to give the lesser light to light it by night. But, not, 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 but here's the thing. But don't forget, the stars is also the canopy of what we are talking about. So in the background of all of that, we got what? The sun, the moon, and all of the stars. So notice, all. Oh, 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 here's the thing that I'm trying to drive home all of the stars and eat and this is what we would we ourselves would call the universe we ourselves would call the universe the stars in the canopy in the sky 
Notice what it says in verse number 17. He placed these things, these expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. Notice, so therefore, the earth is the center of God's creative intent. All of that stuff, and it's, and it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. The earth itself becomes, so when you look at the stars in the sky, knowing that it is God who created all of those stars, all of those planets, notice what it says. He did all of that to give light to the earth. So those things, when you look up in the sky, all of that wonderful canopy that blows our mind, all of that was done simply for this planet. It was done for this planet. And as we work our way through the rest of God's creative work in those six days, and everything that God will do for this planet will be done for man. All right, guys, we'll keep going with this on the next time.